and all we do is basically we're here to answer your questions about being in Borderlands or uh, how we play and just fun stuff. Any, any, if you, we were talking about um, uh, Reese's Siege Mustache. The story behind Reese's Siege Mustache. So, writer Danny Holman apparently came back from a holiday at Gearbox uh, back when everybody was actually at Gearbox before the pandemic, and he came back with like a mustache. And everybody on the narrative team was, is that, what are you, huh? And it became this running joke about Danny's mustache. And so eventually he's like, okay, fine, I'll shave it off. And they've decided to put that into the game. It's, uh, it's all kinds of that. Yeah, Wait, which yeah, game? Borderlands 3. Ah, uh, 3, I haven't it's, played 3 yet. I haven't um, since I can't run it. A lot of crazy stuff went into that. Um, uh, we should probably introduce ourselves. Oh, well, that's why I was playing a meet oh. I'm a, such a tech guy. Although everybody's like, Gearbox takes the best music. Yes, they do. Yeah. The fact that they got Rihanna's girl on fire was yeah. insane. You know, I mean, Destiny got Paul McCartney, but I mean, you're boxed, no? Hey there, folks. Oh, that's still okay. <laughs> You were going to introduce ourselves now? Yeah, let's, let's introduce welcome, ourselves. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Borderlands panel. Um, I am Major Anime. I am the voice of Clay in Borderlands 3. What's good, old hunters? Smooth operator. <laughs> and here we have the... The, the almighty, the one, the only, Mr. Jim Ferranda, who has been doing this for since yeah. Zombie Island of Dr. Ned. There it is, since oh, Zombie God. Island of Dr. Ned. This man is a goat, and he's the voice of Clash Trap. Welcome. Hi. Who has played every single, hold on, I didn't finish my question. <laughs> I've played all except for you. Yes. You could guess, though. I've played Every all single iteration of Borderlands. Your question was leaked on the internet, that's why. I've I, I played all except for I played all except three. I have three, it's just I can't run out. Of <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm out. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you told me yesterday too. Uh, I, I, I prayed over a candle for you. You gotta commit to the I can answer all the questions about one. I was two, like, and when you, when you play, just plays Clay. Except for Tales, I wasn't in Tales. I wasn't in the handheld mobile game. <laughs> okay. They're gonna write a letter about me. Major Major. Major. Sounds like it could be Meg. I thought it was Kimmy. Did he really leave? We talked about this yesterday at my table, so I, I thought it was a running, like an ongoing joke. Please tell me he's just like being super method and pretending to, is he, please tell me you're just still standing outside the door. <laughs> no, I was, I've been in, I've been in all of them except Tails. I'll answer any, oh. Maybe that was actually Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> I should clarify, so I, a lot of people already know, uh, I am the Roger Moore of Claptraps. If David was Sean Connery, and Mikey Newman was Claptrap at uh, one pack's uh, presentation, so he's the George Lazenby, where he did it once, and he's like, okay, I'm done. And so that makes me Roger Moore. I've grown up in the 80s. Uh, I like Roger Moore as James Bond. So uh, we all absolutely love Claptrap, and uh, you know we're all a little different, 
But um, you know, he's the, the heart of the little guy is still there, and I'm I was super honored to be asked to do it. And um, but uh, yeah, I, I guess um, I've been before then I've been like eighteen, no, seventeen different voices, bits and characters across the Borderlands franchise, and and then I seventh month long audition process, and then I became Claptrap, and it blew my freaking mind. That's amazing. Um, yeah, my story about how I became this guy, I was, it makes me think we need to talk about the first game we were in together. Oh, yes. It's very important. Battleborn, anybody? Yeah. Oh, you play Battleborn? Oh, yeah. I nice. see you. <laughs> you're, you're looking at Trevor Galt right here. Yeah. And you're looking at uh, Oscar Mike. Nice. And Whiskey Foxtrot. And Isaac. And Minrek. <laughs> I ended up being, I like to say, I was I was 10% of the playable characters in that game. That's <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it, it was, that was a wonderful game that unfortunately just got like killed by the massive advertising budget of, oh, uh, yeah, Overwatch. of Overwatch. And it was, you know, and, and it's like, you know how the internet is where, oh man, I played this for five minutes and I hated it, it sucks. And then that becomes, I hate this game, it sucks. And, and a lot of people, sadly, they never tried it. And Correct. It had a really super dedicated fan base, including myself. I, I platinum that game. I was very proud of that night when I got it. Um, I, mean, I unlocked my character, which took some time. <laughs> I was like second to last unlockable, so it was great. <laughs> and we had our characters had a really a lot of great um, communication with each other because we were both part of the UPR, yes. the United Peacekeeping Republics. And it's like, uh, Captain's gonna be pissed. Yeah. Um, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Gearbox um, also has this like sing in games too. Yes. Well, I mean, I, I brought up a Battleborn because that is was my first job with um, with Gearbox. I, you know, I had lots of friends in the Borderlands series, especially Borderlands Two. Um, I'm good friends with, like, when I say good friends, I mean like we worked together in the theater in the theater world. So we did theater with uh, Maya, Miss Martha Harms, with Brick. Uh, uh, Marcus Ma Marcus and Malden with the second iteration of Roland, Marcus Lloyd, um, and with Lady Amelia Hammerlock, Miss Kanisha Thompson. So I've been, you know, working consistently with all those people, and um, my first audition was for Battleborn. Ended up getting Trevor Call, and I was, you know, so excited because they gave me all that responsibility. I was like, "Well, I'm the the voice of the tutorial." That, that was big for me at the time. And then they called me while I was on a tour with Aladdin, and my agent said that we they had an audition that they wanted to hear me for. And you know, and in in our world, that's a big deal. If that means somebody was sitting around and they were like, "I already have this man in my my head for this idea," so that was such an honor. You know, to know that the work I did before was enough for them to to offer me the opportunity to be in Borderlands. Because Borderlands is what I wanted to be in. I was like, I, I want to be in this franchise. Like the the odds that there is this franchise that is you know so st stoic and the legacy and the fact that I directly know people who are in it. That's the unique thing. I was like, I have to go after this. So. Um, it was such a such an honor to be able to get that chance because it represents so much of what I want to accomplish in in this video game world specifically. Because uh, I, I would love to be your next Kratos, you know that type of thing. Oh. That's that's the that's the type of energy I'm trying to manifest in my life. Just so y'all know. Um, so they gave me that audition, and 
joked that it was like my my impression of Will Smith in Wild Wild West. <laughs> but he's not as cool as I am. <laughs> but um, did that audition and I, I filmed the show, the, the, the show, I filmed the, the game in multiple different locations across California. Um, yeah, on the tour, like I like drove me to Burbank and then back to other places. And I finally finished in Dallas. But yes, it was just, being a part of this franchise is so huge for me, you know, in, in my career right now. Um, I remember going to that. Were you at the, the launch party for BL3? Well, hell yeah, I was. Right? <laughs> hell yeah, I was. Gosh. <laughs> they rented out a warehouse in Dallas. And um, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it really. I took home swag and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, this, it's this massive club called Gillies. There's like a stage, a huge stage. Um, they had Cage the Elephant at the Wonderland's launch party. What? That was that was the coolest thing ever. I got invited to that. I couldn't make it. Uh, oh my gosh. It um uh yeah it was uh I mean it, I I'd never been to anything like that before. Me neither. No. Yeah. yeah. It was um that was really something. But uh, yeah. yeah it um Clay was kill that trader son of a bitch. It was, it was, <laughs> oh my god that was hilarious. <laughs> we we talk about our favorite favorite lines often. Yeah. In the in the game, his favorite line of mine is "Kill that son of a traitor, traitor son of a bitch." I know it's just because you're 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 just you know being calm and everything, and then just and then as soon as that happens, that's where the action starts. It's just yeah. oh, and you know, uh, funny story about that line. Did I tell you I thought that okay when um they give you the part that you're supposed to be doing, they tell you what's happening in that moment, um, but they don't tell you how it affects the full arc of the story. So the way that they explained the set of missions that I was a part of, they said, Major, you show up in Eden 6, you show up at this time, and you're with the player for this percentage of the game. And so through all those things that they calculated, I was like, oh, okay, so I end the game with the player, right? Wrong. But that's what I thought. And so when we did these missions and we got to this one, um, or Archimedes and all that stuff, I thought that Archimedes was going to be like the reveal in the game. Right, I thought that was gonna be the thing that was gonna blow everybody's wigs back and all this stuff. And so when that when that line, when I did that line, I was like, oh, this is gonna be it, this is the thing. And then, and then I got to the game and I played it and I was like, is this a side mission? Clay is a lot of people's favorite character. I'll take it. I'll yeah, take it's, it. yeah. Um, he has a lot of potential. Yes, he does. Like, I'm outside of the fact that I'm happy I'm him. But you also made it into the Ava Mysteries, though. I did. I did. That felt good to, to be. That was huge, too. To be called back to do a DLC, you know, and your, your first time through was, was fun. Y'all play that DLC? Yeah. Those mysteries? I don't know how I felt about it, but I did enjoy doing it. You like that? Okay, who, I absolutely loved Arms Race. Who else liked Arms Race? Oh, I liked it. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad there's some people because, man, that was super divisive. You know, it's just like, uh, I don't, it was, it's fun to, uh, oh wow, this blue TV or that, I wouldn't give like a second glance in the regular, you know, the end game is, it's actually really, really keeping my ass alive here in, yeah. in Arms Race. But um, there's just something so different about it and because it focused on the weapons themselves, it kind of gave you that feel of when you're playing through the campaign and you, I remember like the first, I, I got a, I had like a Vladoff pistol. I can't remember the make and model of it, but I was I carried that through at least four or five levels. Mm. Uh, it was an epic, and um, come on, Vladoff. Unfortunately, you know that 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 cool epic pistol in the end game is like 
But um, but at the time I had it, it was great, and that's yeah. what I really liked about Arms Race. But I, I enjoyed it too. It was it was I don't know, it was a good time killer for me. You know, if I wanted to just shoot and keep shooting things, if we're good, we're good, right? Shall we open up to questions? Okay. Yeah. Right, right. Actually, on that note, uh, who's your favorite gun ma manufacturer? Oh, that's, a, that's such a fun question. <laughs> I, I could probably pick different manufacturers for each type of weapon. Tap, seller, each type of weapon. Um, I like. There's a pistol that I like that is. Um, gosh, it's 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 a torque pistol. And it's, it's the one that splits into three rockets. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That I have wrecked just like, <laughs> that, that gun will travel me 10, 15 levels, easy. Yeah. Ever since two, I've been a big fan of TDR because I just don't like reloading. I, <laughs> and, and, and the fact that they are the villain corporation in New Tales from the Borderlands, I am so thrilled. Cool. There's a there's there's a there's a story idea that I had that I gave to the narrative uh, folks that I'm not going to talk about here because if that's at the end of the game uh -oh. I will giggle and laugh and I it's just something very tedious that I just imagined for like uh, you know an, an end game thing and if it's in there mm. I'll, I'll be so happy. I'm right there with you on yeah. TV. Um, yeah, yeah, but TV, uh, now I will say in Borderlands 3, my favorite gun, even though it ended, like, just because gun creep just made it like weak, but I loved the ogre. Uh, because if you're running like, uh, you know, um, you know, bottomless mags mows, and then if you get like an explosive ogre, or if, you know, and it's just, it, oh, golly. I, I was just like messing things up with that very, very early before they started like uh, moving things around. But, uh, I think my, my absolute favorite gun is a TV. Um, actually, let's see. I, there's a TDR. It's um, it's the brain gun, where where you you, know, you, you toss it in a little brain thing mm -hmm. and jumps people. As well as the Malawan sniper, Malawan sniper. That um, it, it's the the lava one. The music. That Krakatoa. That's mm -hmm. it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Love me some Krakatoa. Stanton Dawn will be very disappointed in me. We're not following the Doll Corporation. That's, that, that's, a, that's one of the, that's, I was the voice of the Doll Corporation. And, and, and also the original Atlas voice in Secret Army of General Knox. So, and I was also the voice of the glitched Jacob's vending machine that only worked once in Zombie Island. So that's I just jumped from company to company to company. And, and technically now Hyperion as well, so. Uh. I, uh, okay, okay, so um, I started out as a, a spell shot and, um, oh God, I bring for it. Uh, mushroom. Great. Um, Spore Ward. Spore Ward. Yeah, um, that, that mushroom is Dante, by the way. Dante. Uh, the voice of the mushroom is, all the mushrooms is actually one of the guys on the writing staff. Um, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he, did, he, didn't get, he couldn't get credited for it, so he's just listed as Foley. But I actually named my mushroom uh, Dante. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, Dante is also our DM on our video. It's really cool when a video game writer is your DM, by the way. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I, and I just I kept getting my ass kicked because there was no really good defensive build for that. So then I went to um, uh, uh, Spell, Spellgrave and, um, and I was doing okay. And then Moxie released that build that was like, here's how um, the, oh God, the, 
the one that's the zigzags and the arrow, I can never remember the things, I just remember the symbols. But, um, and even though they've nerfed that build multiple times, you could just still plow through like Chaos 50 and, and uh, in the mirrors even, which I still have to do. I missed the fourth mirror, the fourth week of the fourth mirror because I got here on Thursday. So, um, so it's you all's fault. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I'm really excited to try the new class because there's a lot of interesting perks in that to see what kind of builds you can build out of that. What is the name of the new class? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I like what they did with that because there's so much, the way things kind of slide together, the possibilities of, of how things will work with how certain weapons will work. I mean, you know, the, the, the YouTubers who basically come up with like really crazy builds, they had their work cut out for them. Like, Moxie was actually at the, the Wonderlands party, and I was like, oh my god, can I get a picture with you? Was so, he? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I was like, can I get a picture with you? Because I want to show the friends of my playgroup. He, he raids my channel all the time. I really? freak out. Yeah. I'm like, he's like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I know, he was looking at me, he was like, you want to get a picture with me? Yeah, I want to get a picture with you. I would have done the same thing. I was like, are you kidding? I know. Yes. I was like, yeah, it's, um... Yeah, it's, it's, we're dorks before voice acting. Hail to the All day. Oh my goodness. Um, I think, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. But I'm gonna, I'll answer quickly because I, I don't have as much detail. I think I started with Berserker Clawbreaker. I think that's what I, but I, I'm, I'm a fan of the mushroom now. And the spell shot. Right now, right now I think I'm doing a, I think I'm doing Spell Warden too right now. I think I am. I can't remember because they do these really cool little combo names. Yeah. And I, when I'm at a con, my brain gets fried. Yes. It's like my my memory is just shot on. Well, like, and here we also can't breathe. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I apologize for not getting like specific technical things correct right now, but it's in my mind it's there. I just can't remember. So. Um, yes. Did uh, did you also voice Pookie? Which one? The uh, shark. Shark escort. I, I did not voice Pookie. <laughs> um, I I don't I don't know who voiced Pookie. Okay, so who didn't kill Pookie? I didn't. I couldn't kill Pookie. Pookie was a total. Shot to the head, right? I, I think I did. <laughs> I was like sushi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You've you've had your head. Uh, uh, you've been waiting for you and you. I know. Uh, from Jim's other titles, for the sake of everyone, uh, what did both you? What did both of us do before voice acting? Yeah. Theater. Yeah. Lots and lots of theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's actually, I mean, people ask me how to get into voice acting as well. Um, I was doing theater with these people who were already working at Funimation, and I put my name on the wait list on Funimation's website to, you know, I was number, I don't know, seven billion or something like that. And um, I was doing a few with them and they pushed my name off the list. And that's how I got in, you know, got into a, a decent sized audition to do, I wanna say my first, I, I can't remember if one, if it was One Piece or if it was um, Space Dandy, but one of those two was my first show that I was on. And for anybody who didn't see, I, I worked in advertising, uh, working for Hasbro Toys, uh, writing commercials for them. Uh, and that's how I got into voice acting because they needed, they needed to be, they needed people to voice some of the characters sometimes or do each little thing. Let me not include some assembly required. Actual change that <laughs> required. 
Choice may bounce up in higher face. Um, and you could pay me to do that. When my agent sends me that, my legs don't ever send me that. Uh, that was actually, um, uh, they, I was actually on vacation when they did that. Um, so that was actually my art director partner, Shannon. He just, he, they actually, he came and he said, nerve, but it was, I heard the original recording. It was really high, because he had a high voice, but it had some good grit to it. So they just pitched it down to it went, nerve, you know? It's kind of like <laughs> the opposite of Claptrap, where it was a normal voice, and they just dropped it down. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and I forgot to mute my phone. Um, the, uh, uh, I got distracted by my phone and now I'm ready. That sounded like the beginning of that, that Nelly song. Hi, <laughs> it's actually a musical cue from Kimono Friends 2. Of course it is. Everything is so specific. I'm not mad at it. Um, but that? yeah. Somebody else? Oh, you know, you've been waiting a while. Um, oh, I didn't see you. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say that I, I watched my husband from the side doing it and it's really incredible and I really enjoy the game and I like Tina's little new game that she made yeah and uh, I it's just amazing I love the unicorn on the short list for my tattoo just so you know oh, yeah that's not a bad choice I, you know I regret not getting like what like ordering one of those collector cases because um, it came with the plushie. Yeah, well, the plushie, and the thing is, and the fact is, I was watching. I think uh, uh, Nazni, uh, Moxie cosplayer, uh, tweeted, did a live uh, a video of her opening it, and then, like, a, 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 a vomitable rainbow comes rolling out of the the plushie's mouth. It does. Yes. And I thought, damn, I should have ordered one of those. Oh, <laughs> I know. It was like, uh, and, and now they're like, you can't, you can't get them anymore. It's, see, Gearbox is really cool. We get usually PC copies. They we get complimentary ones. But I mean, I, I I usually play on console, and so I end up I end up buying a copy myself. You know, it's, uh, my local GameStop, like way back when I was before I did any sort of Borderlands thing, I you know I was coming in. I remember pre-ordering Borderlands One, and then um, you know I was in the DLC, and uh, uh, when they found out about that. They were like, hey, would you come and, and sign, you know, do a signing at the store? I'm like, well, Mike, I was going to come in to pick it up anyway. He goes, yeah, well, can we say that you're in, you're in the game? I'm like, oh, okay. And it was, it was, you know, I haven't been asked at cons or anything like that. That was the first time anybody asked me to do anything like that ever. And ever since, um, I still go to that same store. And um, I, you know, I, I, uh, I don't have to pre-order copies anymore, usually. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I still do, like, fun little openings with them because they... They're good. It's like one of those game stops that's run by people that actually play games, and um, and they're they're really cool. So that, that's fun. I just want to pause and comment that this young man never came back. <laughs> he's he's off playing clay in Borderlands Three. He must have went right to play the game. I don't know what I'm gonna do now. Hey, I can message him. <laughs> please, please tell him. Majors in here crying. You gotta go. <laughs> Well, what? I can't do it right now, but uh, a little later. <laughs> well, who's got another question? Uh, who, who are you seeing? Well, I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. All, right. All right, so what's your favorite Borderlands game, and who's your go-to Valheim? Ooh. Is, uh, I am, um, I'm super biased. I mean, I, I love two, but I really love the, uh, 
I just love the way the shooting in three felt. Like three was like a refinement of the actual gunplay. Um, I think that there was a lot of legendary spam, you know, and I think with the anointment system that made it still trying to hunt for the right anointment. Um, uh, but I, I am I am pretty biased towards three, even though I've been in all the games. I just when somebody asks you to be Claptrap and you go through like that audition process, that's like somebody asking you to be Batman. <laughs> or, I mean, because I played through all the games too, and I thought, oh my god, that's, that's awesome. You know, and then it, it still blows my mind that they entrusted me with him. It's like, here's our baby, please take care of him. I will take care of him like he was my very own. I will hug him and squeeze him, and, and that, that was me. And um, my, it's funny, my wife was away, uh, she works for a museum, and she was at an educator's conference in Seattle. And when I got a text message from uh, Sam on the narrative team, and he said, you know, we played your audition for Pitchford today. <laughs> Sam? <coughs> Hello? And literally, and, and, and I said, what happened? I sent him like five texts, and, he, he was, and I can picture him going, <laughs> and uh, and he says he said he said yeah, you got it, and I was like I you know how you might have people might have seen me on the floor here at the convention when I get a lot of adrenaline I get really flighty people must think I'm on like cocaine or something I um and uh, that's how I was and I called my wife she wasn't there and I left a, a message I left a voicemail message and um, she called me back the next day and. and she said, wow, that's great. And she said, you need to hear your message when I get home. I was like, <laughs> and uh, when she went from iPhone to Android, we lost it. Uh, but I sounded like a lunatic. <laughs> I, I was like saying half sentences. I wasn't completing sentences. And, um, and you know what's funny? Because I couldn't sleep. And I, I, you know, I, I had stuff to do you know, the next morning. I had a... The one piece of merch I had from pre-sequel was a doll shot glass. They used to have like these little tin shot glasses with the doll logo on it. And it's like I had a bottle of Jägermeister in the freezer and I still, I was still, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a lightweight so I slept really well. After a single shot of Jägermeister. Yeah, no, 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 there were, there were more. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, another thing is, is why does Tiny Tina don't like, uh, Raisins in her oatmeal cookies. <laughs> okay. So the the Borderlands narrative team, another one of those things. Um, my gosh, that goes all the way back to a fellow um, uh, Joe King, which is actually his name, Joseph King, and he just goes by Joe King. Back when he was at Gearbox, there there internally there was this debate over oatmeal cookies, oatmeal cookies with chocolate chips, oatmeal oatmeal cookies with raisins. And it became this, you know, it's kind of like, you know, PS4, Xbox better. I mean, it's, it was literally like console wars, but with oatmeal cookies and whatever you put into them. And, um, and yeah, it just kind of came this, this funny internal war over oatmeal cookies at Gearbox. And so that basically found its way into the game. Huh. Yeah. It's just amazing how he's healed and like, I got raisins, I don't want raisins in my cookies. But yeah, yeah. I think the, the We Hate Raisins side won at Gearbox. Raisins are not real cookies. Is it weird hearing your own voice in a game? Like, are you like, oh, hey, that's me? Or is it to, like, 
What does that feel like? It feels like my bills have been paid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it can be weird sometimes. I am. Um, so I, I, I've been playing games forever, and I remember working when CD-ROM came out, and you know, PlayStation games came out, and and it was wow, this is cool. There's like people talking in the game, and it doesn't sound like 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 crap. And um, and I used to wonder, I'm like, how, you know, I wonder how how does somebody do that? And so years later, and um, so on Zombie Island, I ended up doing, I was, yes, most yet, I got killed by zombies, Dave. And I was Hank Reese, who wore a macaroni hat that his daughter made. And I was Doug Smallwood, a failed vault hunter. And I was Harry, who hid in a barrel. And I don't even remember what the Jacob's vending machine sounded like, because I only heard it once. I recorded it once when I unlocked it. Um, but, uh, the, you know, when you hear the echoes, that's cool, because you're, you're hunting it and you're trying to find it. But the first time I was a playable character was in Battleborn. And uh, when they had like that, that, original, that original test, that's the, network, the networking test, and it was like, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to wrap your head around. But then, you know, it's, I'm like one of those people that really gets imposter syndrome super bad. Um, yeah, I did voice acting during my day job, and I, you know, I would come into Funimation every so often, and I would feel like the, oh, it's the guy who does this on the side, you know. I, nobody ever treated me like that, but that's how I felt. And um, it, with Battleborn, that was the first time I felt. I, I was laid off in 2013. That was the first big, big chance I got. I, I was cast literally in, in January 2014. And when I played that game, when I was working on it, I thought. I can do this. This is my thing now. Gosh, I felt the same. And it was, it was, it was one of those. You know, when you get to a point in your life where it's like, oh, I can do this, and that was, it was a big deal for me. You know, yeah. and even, and even though the game was just super trounced, and it's not, right. you can't even play it anymore, which absolutely kills me. Keeps you humble, though, right? You know, it, um, <laughs> it, yeah. I always tell people, if I ever become like Russell Crowe and throw a, a phone at a hotel concierge because something didn't go my way. Um, somebody punched me really hard. You just remind me of Battleborn. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you acted out. Remember Battleborn? Yeah. <laughs> the first time you hear that, it's just like, it is an indescribable feeling. Because as somebody who used to write for a living, I, I can't put it into words. It's, there's like a certain amount of pride that you're like, I did this thing. It's when you're, you know, like if, when you're a kid and you made like an art project and you, and you showed it to you know, your parents or, your, or your, your grandparents or whoever basically took care of you and, and you show that to them and there's, like, there's so much pride. I made this thing yeah. and, they, and they, they make you feel good because you did a good thing and that's, that's what that was. And I, first time I came to a convention, somebody said, oh, I loved you in this. That multiplied it by 11 billion because I didn't start doing cons until Borderlands 3. You know, and, and it was just like, thank you so much. You know, it was just, yeah. I agree. Um, the the answer is yes, yes to all of that. Um, I remember how how I freaked out setting my clock, setting my you know my uh, an alarm to make sure that I watched um, Space Dandy to hear myself for the first time. Um, but with this game, I think the biggest moment was when I was in that booth and they let me ad lib. You know. We are creating a game, creating a character, and I got to make a joke that when I came back the next week, they had animated what I said. <laughs> I was like, oh, y'all can't tell me 
nothing now. <laughs> I am the shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, you know, that was probably the biggest thing to, to like any, any of those lines, because like I was saying imposter syndrome, honestly, because I'm a theater kid, you know, so I was like, I'm gonna be in this booth acting like I'm on stage and I hope they're cool with that. And they, they were, but to, to be able to, to lock it in like that, for them to welcome us in and then for me to be me, what I've been doing, and they're like, oh, that's going in the game. I was like, oh, yeah, there, I made that, I'm immortal. <laughs> this super actor friendly, because one of the reasons why is because Joel McDonald, former director of One Piece, is now the, as he calls himself, the uh, the V overlord at Gearbox. <laughs> and um, you might hear horror stories about uh, how, yeah, I was recording on Call of Duty, they made me scream at the top of my lungs for five hours and now I couldn't talk for two weeks. Joel will not do that to us. You know when you do elemental attacks and then there's, the enemies will basically, ah, oh, I'm getting shot to death, I'm on fire, my skin is being burnt off by acid. We have to record those sounds for 30 seconds straight without stopping. And he says, okay, we're gonna break up your sessions. We're gonna do one element at the end of this session. And he, he will not make us do multiples of those. Because, yeah, because he does not want us to, like, to, to, to bust ourselves, because he knows what that's like. And he, he's, always good, he's also good about asking, for me especially. If I was doing a show, he, he, before we started, Major, what time is your show tonight? <laughs> he says, I just need to know how much time you need to recover and all that stuff. So he was always very keen on that. But before your arm breaks, ask me your question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the one place that you would want to voice act if you ever get a chance? Say like a reboot. Like a dream role or a, yeah. or a reboot specifically? Yeah. You got something in mind? Are we talking anime or just anything? Anything. Mm. I know. I s <laughs> I, Go ahead. Okay, so there's one thing. I kind of got it. Um, I, I'm a big, you know, a Toho fan, and uh, I was able to do dub some characters in Shin Godzilla when Funimation dubbed it, and that was just like a dream come true to be part of an official dub. But I would like to dub, like, I would love to get the main role of like this, like the scientist, you know, this is why Godzilla is attacking the city, you know, something like that, or or you know, whatever. I'd like to dub a lead in. Uh, in an official Godzilla film, that would be great. That's I, there's a lot of stuff I would love to do. I would love to be, you know, a creature in a in a Pixar movie. Um, but I think you have to actually be a celebrity for that. Um, yeah, it's um, you know, you know who would beat me out for that role? Jack Black. <laughs> yeah, and I I I gotta say about that. Go ahead. Because um, I yeah, you asked that on my other my other panel. Sorry. Um, yeah, Gearbox. They were wanting, they were hoping for me. And, but Lionsgate, they're putting the majority of the money behind the movie. And Eli Roth had worked with Jack Black in, in House of the Clock and its walls. And um, you know, when, when, they're, when they're footing the bill, they, they really have the say of, of who's going to be in it. And I mean, you know, people here might know who I am, um, but more people know who Jack Black is. And to us, it seems odd that nobody knows what Borderlands is. Um, I, I posted a picture of Claptrap the day it came out, and my dad on Facebook said, oh, it's Wally's cousin. <laughs> that, that's, that's me, you know, and it's just, but there are people who don't know what it is, and, but people know who Jack Black is, they know who Jamie Lee Curtis is, and, um, you know, it's, if, if that gets more people into Borderlands, that's great, and, and Gearbox, on that day, because I found out on Twitter, because they had to keep it under wraps, 
and it was, um, they, they, you know, they, um, <laughs> I got a message from them, like from, from, from up on high. And um, it was the kindest thing, because they said, you know, we want you to know you will always be our claptrap. Oh. And, um, and they said, you know, games, you know, if we, you know, yeah, we're, you're ours. And uh, it, was, it was very sweet of them. They did not have to do that. And it made, it, it yeah, made me it feel did. much better. And you yes, know what? Yeah, and I, I'm in Wonderland, and I got to I got to ad lib another song in there, and they just they, they've been they're good to us, no matter what the internet says. Gearbox has been really really good to us. I want to answer your question. I want to be in a Ninja Turtles cartoon. <laughs> Those insolent turtles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the truth is, I'd take any character. I'd be April O'Neil if you needed me to. <laughs> Does Gearbox let you guys go off uh, script ever? Or any they encourage you. Do they? Oh, yeah. What, 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 you got any favorite uh, lines from them? Ook indeed, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> <Ook> indeed. <laughs> That's a, quite a few of my lines were actually added now that I think about it. But so much, to, so much so that I've kind of forgotten some of them, like which words and which weren't. But yeah, in both of us are yeah. encouraged to do so, for sure. Yeah, I, I will say, I do have a favorite ad lib. This actually goes back to, to Battleborn, because there's a fun story behind it. Uh, you know, whenever a character respawns, and there's some sort of dialogue. Uh, in Battleborn, it was coming from the character. And my wife and I had just adopted a kitten, and when kittens are bad, you know, I would playfully, I would never harm my kitten. I would say, Michi, I'll, I, I will punch a kitten. Get off the mantle. Don't make me punch a kitten. So my character, Isaac, whenever he would respawn, uh, Aaron Lindy, the one writer behind Battleborn writing for all these characters, would literally be writing during the, uh, he would be coming up with stuff while we were recording. Yeah. And so, I oh, I got one. <laughs> I am so angry I could punch a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, that's going in. <laughs> yeah, I had some good ones in Battleborn too. Um, I had to figure out, you know, my character had the, the uh, why don't I just do Spider-Man? Um, <laughs> he had the, 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 the grappling hook. The, the grappling get over here, you know, the Scorpion thing. So, step into my office. <laughs> I was like, I was ready to sing it all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, and I did another one. I was like, here comes the hood. That's my favorite. <laughs> I, I, I sucked that with that character, with, with, with Galt, because I, I could not hit That timing like was that. crazy, yeah. yeah. I agree. But the reason why I played is because I love that. Here comes the hood. Yeah, it's just. Here comes the hood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's like I, I keep petitioning Gearbox, please let's do a musical DLC. You know, like, 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 Buffy did a musical episode because a lot of us can sing. And, and, and they already have had me sing. You know, uh, Ice Cream Day. Oh, snap. Yeah. That's, I'm the ice cream soldier who, who left the codes at the. Uh, at the world's largest bullet. Um, and then, you know, I, they, they, in Battleborn, they had me sing Oscar Mike's own stealth music. Uh, and, you know, I, um, I, I sang um, a, a claptrap rap. Yes, she and, did. Uh, yes, she did. I, I, and I did my own stealth music. They, and, then, and, then, and then Wonderlands comes along, and then they just gave me all the lyrics. We want you to sing the anthem of peace. I ad-libbed the entire anthem of peace, uh, the, the melody, because they just, they know that I can, they know that I can sing stuff on the fly, and they have me do it now. <laughs> I love it, yeah. Um, who do we need to write? We need to talk to them, because I'm down for a, a musical DLC. Uh, I saw a question over here, I'll come back to you. Uh, what do you think of 
what's your guys' opinion on the Borderlands movie overall? Is there anything that you guys specifically want to see? Or? I would like to see a check. I'm gonna go watch it. I, I, I honestly, with that we're very far removed from that. Yes. Personally, I would like to see Jack Black go. You know what? I'm not into this guy's. Um, he's going back. You should get the guy from the game. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm gonna go see it because I, you know, it's the silhouettes that they posted. You know, those those shadowy silhouettes, and then there was um, and then um, there was that video where Pitchford was at on set. And when the, the little girl playing Tina came up, and it was like, oh my God, she looks just like Tina. You know, it was just, I, I'm curious to see what they do. You know, it's, um, it, they already, they, I guess what he said, this is gonna be like a Borderlands movie universe. I think they're kind of like, I think they're, I guess what they're doing is they're trying to, I'm assuming it's gonna be kind of like, like a Marvel Cinematic Universe compared to the comic where there's elements that they kind of like mix around to make it more fit into two hours. So I, I have no idea. Because I'm going into it just as blind, except for the fact that I just happen to be in the games. So um, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I might cry a little when Jack Black appears, but. <laughs> uh, if it ever happens by any, any other circumstance, uh, Tetsuya Nomura wanted to do a musical game. So if you just ever happen to be his agents, you can say, well, we want to say. Tetsuya Nomura from Square Enix. Okay. He wrote for Final Fantasy VII, does some of the arts. He does like novels now. They got a lot of my money in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, he sings. I, I sing? <laughs> you know, it's like I, I, I can carry a tune and I can karaoke, but I mean, I mean, this this man sings. I, I, I sing for my supper every yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> I talk too much. <laughs> Say it again. It depends on the day, to be honest with you. Um, but I will say I have a favorite type of musical. I like very dark stories that are told to upbeat music. <laughs> Say it again. Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein or Frank no, You mean uh, Frankenstein the musical? I have not heard it, but I do know of its existence. Okay. I put it on a list. You better be lying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I appreciate you. Uh, but let's say, like, high on the list would be like Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Mac and Maple for talking classics. Look what happened to Maple. Um, the shows that I loved doing growing up, um, Susan Cool the Musical. I played Horton a couple times. Um, Ragtime is pretty heavy and sad, you know, racism. Um, <laughs> what else? What else? Dr. Horrible? Haven't, I know it. I've seen it, but I haven't done that. Um, Sweeney Todd. Oh. That's probably top of the list. Yeah. My friends. I still haven't been cast as him, though. I have played the judge, so I haven't gotten to sing. Pretty women, so I've done that. But um, yeah, I'd probably say that would be my top if I had to choose. Thank you for the question. Do you have a favorite musical, Jimmy? Oh, yeah. Oh. oh do, I have, do I have a favorite musical? Yeah, I don't know how nerdy musical theater you are. <laughs> uh, it's, I say the musicals I grew up with were more um, like, like movie musicals? Yeah, movie musicals, like MJ <laughs> musicals and stuff like that. And because uh, honestly, the first thing I saw, like, when, I realize now is you know it's a musical. I realize 
I knew it was a musical before now, but um, yeah, uh, saw Grease as a kid in the theater with like my parents and my sisters, yeah. and I was like, everybody's dancing, and it was uh, yeah, I, I like I like fun movie. I unironically like Xanadu. Oh, I love Xanadu. I mean, it's Gene Kelly's last movie. I mean, it's like, an, I mean, that in that movie, he's like, you know, 20 years older than I am, and it's like, damn, he can still dance. It was, yeah. I, I, I like, and, and also as a kid, I had a big crush on Olivia Newton-John, so. Um, yeah, she was still pretty. Anyway, um, it was, yeah. I, I like movie musicals. They're fun. I, I, I will say, I like movie musicals where, like, I, we, my wife and I wanted to go see Chicago, and I was kind of disappointed because it was almost like they just put a camera in front of the stage, and it was like, well, why not just go see it on stage? You know, I, I would have been cool if they had, you know, if they were actually in a jail and they did that. And the only time they actually had like a musical thing was kind of in the courtroom where they actually had the musical part in the courtroom. Correct. I like it when musicals. Which ironically looks like yeah. the stage anyway. Yeah, it's like I, I like it when the musical part happens in like the real world where it wouldn't happen on stage. That's why I like adaptations that are more um, away from the stage version. I yeah. like that. I can do that. Yeah. Any more questions? We got five minutes. Last one. Okay, just, just thinking I was, if I was going to even ask this one, but Borderlands 2 had me like just in stitches, just random comments and stuff from different people, the daily propaganda stuff. Borderlands 3, I was like, oh, that, that was a joke. I see it. I was just wondering if there's any justification for that or any insight on it. Uh, or maybe you disagree. Well, I don't disagree. I will say, this is just my impression. When I played through Borderlands 3, it felt like I was feeling different writers. You know, like, there was a transition. There was. There was, you know, and so I could just sense it. It, it kind of felt like the same, which show, I just watched some show, um, there's a show on Disney Plus that they filmed during the pandemic, well, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, they had to like edit that, edit the hell out of that. Um, you know, to remove part of the plot that had to do with a virus. <laughs> and so, but it felt pieced together. And that's kind of what it felt like to me. Like, I was like, this feels unfinished. Yeah. But my check is clear. So. Also, one of the, also one of the hard parts is that uh, Dante, again, my DM, uh, he was put in charge of, in between Borderlands 2 and Borderlands 3, there were novels, there were, there were some strategy guides that actually had more in them as well. He had, to, he had to basically read everything, go through all the comic books. He had to kind of create a lore bible leading up to Borderlands 3. There were so many moving parts written by so many different authors. And they, they basically, what they tried to do is they tried to weave all of those stories into one thing. And, um, and a lot of stuff got cut, but the Ava funeral scene, and I think I, I talked about that. Yeah, the Ava funeral scene. The fact that that got cut ended up being such a disservice to the character because you know Ava is because you know Ava is such a, a sympathetic character when you get her full story and it's just you know whether it was budgetary or you know uh, time crunches it's um and there was so much writing on it and I think there were probably like multiple levels of uh, in advertising when you write a commercial you have to go through the your creative director then uh, the the junior brand manager at the client, then it has to go through their brand manager, then the senior head of marketing, and then the president of the company. And everybody says, well, you should change this, you should change that. And I have a feeling that might have been what happened because there was, after Borderlands 2, 10 years later, there was so much writing on it. 
Because, um, you know, the, the, the writers have the... I, you played all the DLCs, right? Uh, honestly, no. Okay, because okay, I will say... Don't get up and leave. But personally, you can leave. Yeah, personally, the, the best writing in, in Borderlands 3 is all of the DLCs, because that was when the writers got to just go. They didn't have to fit all these parts together. It was just, you know what? Have at it. And that... Yeah. That was that. They're at their best when they don't when they don't have those constraints, and I think that, you know, it, it kind of hampered it. You know, I still enjoyed it because I enjoyed working on it, and you know, uh, it, it it does have its faults, but you know, they they did the best that they could, and um, it's a lot of people say, oh, it was lazy writing, and it's like actually trying to fit all those pieces together. It it really wasn't. It was just it's. Sometimes it's really hard to put together. It's okay, Humpty Dumpty. That's what they're trying to do. They put it together as, as much as they could, and you know it's it's a good playable game and it's got its quirks. But try out the DLCs. I they're really good. And on that note, folks, we want to thank you so much for coming out. If you've liked what you've heard, check out some of our other shows like No Applause, Just the Clap. Damn, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, Nerd Vomit, and I Hate Kathy Hammond. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor FM, Google Play, or www.bacnpodcast.com.